Welcome to Beneath the Wing. Just like air passing over the wing of an aircraft provides lift, the people we meet can also give us lift in life by sharing their stories of strength and success, connecting us all. Beneath the Wing explores the stories of the men and women connected with the Minnesota Air National Guard's 133rd Airlift Wing. This special series is dedicated to our Airmen's first year stories. Hear from our Wing's newest members, from enlisted aviators to electricians, aircraft maintainers to medics, and all jobs in between. These Airmen have transformed from high school students to dedicated and involved members of the 133rd Airlift Wing family. In their own words, they'll share how they chose their military job, the connection they have with the team, and how they have changed from young civilian to American airmen. I'm your host, Wing Command Chief, Mark Legvold. Joining me today on this episode of Beneath the Wing First Year Stories is Airman First Class, almost senior airman, Erica Gregory. Erica works in the aircrew flight equipment, and she grew up in Grove City, Minnesota. Welcome, Erica. Thank you, Chief. Glad you uh, joined me. So where in the world is Grove City, Minnesota? Grove City, Minnesota is about 30 minutes east of Wilmer, Minnesota, and about 50 minutes south of St. Cloud, Minnesota, okay, if you know so where those are. Kind of north of here and a little bit west, right? Very west. Fantastic. Almost two hours west, actually. So that is a ways away from where our, our little Air National Guard base is here at the Twin Cities Airport. Yeah. How did you find us? I started Googling when I was 13. I decided I wanted to join the military. And then when I was 17, I really nailed down a recruiter, uh, Sergeant Sprick, and um, had a phone call with him and then came out a couple of weeks later. And that was just after my 17th birthday. And then I joined in January the next year. Okay, so you were... Were you 18 when you signed up or did you? I was 17 when I signed up. It's interesting when somebody decides to join the military before they're 18, because 18, you're a grown up. Yes. 17, you're still not. And there's that magic birthday, right? Yes. <laughs> so what did you have to do differently in order to join at the age of 17? I had to get both of my parents' consent. So they had to uh, sign a letter um, either in person or over video, and then send it to Sergeant Sprick. And that was pretty much it. Pretty easy, huh? Yeah, it was super easy. So you started Googling, Googling at, it's hard for an old person to say that. <laughs> it's, you started Googling uh, about the military and about joining. And at some point, Erica, you chose to have that conversation with your folks about, I think I'm interested in joining the military. Yeah. And one thing I learned about you is you, you were homeschooled. Yes. So tell us about that conversation with your folks about, I think I'm interested in joining the military. How did that go? Um, my dad took it a little bit hard because he was in the military and he had a hard time. So he wasn't exactly happy with the idea, but my parents were so supportive and they always just want me to do what I want to do and they want me to be happy. What? What did you, how did you sell it to them? What, what were you really, really interested in? What drew you in that you, you knew your dad had a hard time? Yes. Uh, was it the branch of service? Was it the job you were looking at? Or was it just a way of life that you were really interested in? It was definitely the way of life. Anybody who knows me knows I'm extremely type A. And I, I am strict about everything in my life. And I just knew that the military would be a super good fit for me. So the good order, the discipline, the, yes. the 
you always know what is expected and you can live up to that. Yes, absolutely. That's a fair way of saying it? Yeah. What, what, what did your dad say? What was his argument? Um, he didn't really have one. He just acted a little disappointed, but then he, he got on board fairly quickly. That's great. Did they come here when you got a chance to actually raise your right hand and enlist? My mom and one of my little brothers came with me. Awesome. What a fun moment that must have been for them. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when you decided to join the Air National Guard, you talked a little bit about the relationship you developed with your recruiter and uh, all the communication that's needed there. But at some point, your recruiter brought you around and showed you some jobs, right? Yes. One of the cool things about joining the Air National Guard compared to other branches is you got to pick your job before you came in. I did, yes. Tell us about your job. So actually when I joined, I joined in the medical side of things and then I had some life stuff happen and I kind of fell into the a AFE career field. AFE is? Aircrew flight equipment. Aircrew flight equipment. And it was the best possible scenario. I just couldn't have imagined it would turn out this well. So. Tell us what a, a person who works in aircrew flight equipment actually does. We work on anything that the aircrew uses during flight or in flight emergencies. So we work on helmets, oxygen masks, parachutes, survival equipment, things like that. Why, why was this important to you? Why did this job mesh with you compared to that medical field you were first thoughting, thinking of? Well, I think it meshes with me the best because of the people I work with. I've just found a family here that I didn't know was here. What makes a family in the military? People who genuinely care about you and, you know, what's best for you. Erica, it's interesting when people think of people that wear camouflage for a living. Yes. And that military structure and the good order and the discipline, something you craved. Yes. And joined us for, uh, they also don't necessarily think about that sense of family and togetherness. Yeah. And, and that's why I think it's important for you to tell us what makes one, and where do you fit in the family here at Aircrew Flight Equipment? Um, I would say I'm a little bit of a little sister or daughter, just because I'm, I'm extremely female. I'm sleepy all the time, I'm really moody, <laughs> and everybody here just puts up with it so gracefully, and they just, they love me anyways. Isn't that, isn't that a nice way of putting that? Yes. Yeah. You have how many older brothers in this uh, in this shop? I have six older brothers. Any in this older shop. sisters in this shop? I do not. So you're the only you're the only girl in your military family. I am, yes. All right, it'd be nice to have a sister here. It would be wonderful. All right, well, let, <laughs> let's work on finding you one. But you do feel like you've got all these siblings. Oh yes, a support system for yeah. sure. And that's something you're used to because you grew up in a pretty big family. Yes. How many siblings? I did. I have 14 siblings. All older than you? No, uh, six older and and eight younger. You consider yourself a middle child then? Yeah, I do. <laughs> the forgotten child. The forgotten middle. <laughs> That's a lot, of, a lot of kids in the middle. All of them homeschooled? Um, I had two older siblings that were in high school, but they did their first few years of school homeschooled. Okay, so when you grew up and you were homeschooled, uh, it's still a big family, but that idea of socializing with kids your age, are you finding that this is a good place, a good extension of that? Yes, it is. Okay. It's brought me out of my shell, and I think mostly because I have people that see that I might have some anxiety socializing, and they don't just let me crawl into a ball. They help me, you know, 
better myself and, and push farther than I thought I could. Sure. Um, speaking of that push, you got indoctrinated pretty quick in a big, <laughs> uh, very interesting, diverse organization when you got sent down to basic training. Yes. What did you do to get ready for that military basic training? It's different than, you know, being homeschooled. It's different than anything you'd ever been used to. Yeah. Were you anxious going down there? I was very anxious. I mean, it's such an abrasive environment, but I think once you're there and you understand what's expected of you, it's it's really easy to navigate it. The only real prepping you can do is we have student flight and they really help try and teach you what you can do to be prepared to go down there. But yeah, I mean, there's just kind of, it's one of those things where you have to go and experience it for yourself. And we all do. Yes. That's the fun thing about this is uh, no matter how old you are or how many uh, different branches of service we have, everybody goes to a basic training. Um, so that's that first thing that everybody has gone through this, and we've all gone through it together. You mentioned the idea of a student flight. Yes. Um, that is an experience that we have that's unique to the National Guard, the Air National Guard, where you joined at age 17, and we don't send you to basic right away. You kind of get a little bit of time to dip your toe in the water and see what it's like. What was your experience with student flight here at the 133rd? I didn't get any student flight because of COVID. So the base kind of shut down and mm -hmm. then I left right when they were booting it back up. But I have been to student flight since I've been home and talked with some of them. And we've had a couple new recruits that have come in and been through student flight and they all say that they really like it. It's super beneficial. Yeah. So, so you've gotten the opportunity at the uh, the uh, young age of just 20. Yes. To do a little bit of mentoring and a little bit of leadership of people that are going to be going through the same thing you went through. Yes. What's that like as a 20 year old to suddenly be leading and influencing other people? It's intimidating at first, but super necessary because I mean, there, there are people in that are leading now that aren't gonna be in forever. And eventually, people like me will have to sit in those roles. So the younger we can get in and, and help people and teach people and guide people, the better off we're gonna be later down the road. Absolutely. Let's, let's get back to your job that you do. Okay. It's, it's highly technical. It is. Uh, at some point, a pilot or an air crew person might be relying on your work to save their life, right? Yes. Tell me about the tech school, because you were, you were down at basic training for a while. You learned how to be an airman, be in the military. Yep. And then the Air Force sends you to a school where you learn some technical skills. Where was that? It was in Wichita Falls, Texas. So up up in the north part of Texas. All right. Uh, Shepherd Air Force yes. Base, right? That's correct. It's smack dab between almost nowhere and nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your experience there at tech school. How did you enjoy that? Tech school was kind of like going from being at home all the time with your parents and you know, having having them guide you through everything you're doing, learning how to tie your shoes, to going to first grade and making all these friends and realizing everybody's going through the same thing as you because you meet so many people at tech school that are going through exactly what you're going through. They're missing home and they're learning a new career field and they just went through basic training. And I have so many friends that I'm still in contact with because of tech school. Yeah. So it was really just a, it, yes, it was a learning experience, but it was a bonding experience also. You, you kind of got a completely different family, didn't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And 
in meeting these new siblings and friends, did you, um, who was the farthest away, somebody, who, who lived the farthest away from you where you grew up in, in Minnesota? Um, there was a girl that grew up in Florida. So that's, yeah, that's pretty far away. A little, little, little bit different culture growing up there yeah. compared to Minnesota. Yes. It's interesting to meet all these different people and yet we're all kind of the same, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thinking back to when you were growing up, uh, going through your homeschooling, you finished high school a little early compared to your, your same age peers. I did, yes. Yep, and you started doing a little bit of uh, college before you left, right? Yep. Um, how have you changed, how's the Air National Guard changed you as a person? Where have you grown the most, do you think, in the last year? I think in the last year, the, the biggest area of growth that I've seen in myself is being able to be empathetic for other people. When you're going through high school, everything is, the world is revolving around you. You don't see a lot of what other people go through and how other people are struggling. And then you join the military and you're surrounded by people all day long, people you genuinely care about. And you learn that you have to care for other people and other people matter because other people impact your life as well. Some, some folks join the military because they know that we have to do really, really hard things when our country needs us to. Yes. Why is empathy important if we have to go fight our nation's war or respond to something domestically? Because if you don't understand the people around you, you can't lead the people around you. I wish more old adults understood that <laughs> <laughs> before they get to the age of 20 and they hold that uh, just as importantly. That is so intuitive of you, thank you. Uh, when you were 13, you started Googling. Uh, I'm sure serving the country was important at that time. Yes, very important. Why, why is joining the military and serving the country important to you, Erica? You know, I, I don't know. I felt this call just to do something that was bigger than myself, and I felt like this was a great way to do it, Yeah. so. Kind of a sacrifice at times? It definitely is, but it has so many benefits. It outweighs the sacrifices, I think. You are, uh, I'm sure, comfortable here in the Twin Cities and uh, living pretty well. What's, the, what's, been the, uh, what's been the hardest thing that you've had to deal with so far in your first year? Well, as we talked about earlier, I grew up in Grove City. Yeah. And most of my family lives out that direction, so about two hours from here. So it's been a work-life balance issue a little bit, trying to navigate how can I still make time for my family and still be career-oriented, because mm -hmm. that's where I'm at in my life. Sure, uh, they're pretty understanding of that? Super understanding, yeah. Um, have you gotten a chance to travel a lot yet? I have, actually. Last August, I went to Germany for a month. So I visited seven different countries while I was out there. No kidding. Yep. You're 20 and you've been to seven different countries and the great state of Texas. Yes. Which is like a whole other country, <laughs> they say. Sometimes, yes. Tell us about the trip to Germany. How did you get there? We flew over in a C-130. Which is a it's, big military airplane. Yep, it's a big military cargo airplane. What was it like to fly on one of our C-130s? It's very loud. Okay. And squishy at times. Squishy. There's a lot of people in there. <laughs> oh, okay, so you're you're right up next to your close friends and yes. older brothers. Yes. <laughs> How many of your family, your military family here, um, the 
the brothers that you have, how many went with you on that trip? Just one of them. Just one. So it was a whole bunch of strangers plus one brother? Yes. Which was actually good because I needed to branch out a little bit. You recognize that in yourself. Yes. And this gave you opportunity to do that? It did, for sure. All right. And once you got to Germany, um, here at the wing you do a job and mm -hmm. you have a good shop that's, that's clean and all the newest equipment, right? Was it the same in Germany? Were you doing your normal military job or were you doing something different? It was a little bit different, kind of a broken down version of what we do because we weren't inspecting as much equipment, but just kind of making sure it was still functional for the air crew to use while we were there. And when you got there, I'm thinking this is a nice Air National Guard base and it's pretty small and a close-knit family. Were you working with the active duty while you were there? There was some active duty there, yes. All right. How, how did that go? You're meeting people now from across the country that have been doing this actively for a good long time. Same sense of family or a little bit different? I think a little bit different for me just because it was my first trip ever, so I was a little apprehensive around people I didn't know, but everybody that wears a uniform understands that they need to be respectful to other people who wear a uniform. Mm -hmm. So you do find a sense of camaraderie everywhere you go, which is awesome. And you got a chance to go and explore a little bit. I I'm, did, yes. Tell us the countries that you went to. You said seven. I went to, well, seven including the countries we stopped in on the way there and okay. the way back. All right. So on the way there, we stopped in Canada, Scotland, and then landed in Germany. And then I went to Romania while I was there. I went to Brussels and then... Um, Switzerland and then on the way back we stopped in Iceland and then Canada and then back home. Because you have to stop for gas every so often in these big planes, yes. right? They eat it up for sure. Did you get a chance to go up in front and see out the front window? When I when I took a flight over to Romania I did. Awesome. Yeah. So those were military flights going to those countries? Just to Romania. Was that a part of the, your work or was that a um, were you on leave or on kind of a you're there militarily, but they give you time off. It was a it was um, a mission at that point. That one was. All right. I don't know a lot about your job, Erica. Can you tell me why an aircrew flight equipment person would need to fly in a plane and go to Romania? Well, typically we wouldn't. Yeah. But there was some people who were offering flights to people who normally wouldn't get them. Mm -hmm. Some pilots who wanted us to see kind of what they do and how they do their job. And so um, they, they let me come along, basically, just tag along and see what they do and how they do it. Great time to learn a little bit about the big military structure. Yeah, awesome. that was awesome. C-130 or a different plane? It was a C-130. Awesome. One of ours? Yes. Great. Um, you get, obviously, the chance to talk about your military job and about the National Guard and uh, Minnesota Air National Guard, hopefully, to other people. Do you recommend this to other people, or is this a place that you would say people should avoid? I definitely recommend it to other people. That was a total leading question, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> when you talk to people that are 20 years of age or younger, what do you say is the best part of being out here? I would say the best part about being out here is different for everybody because everybody has different things that they want to do in life. Mm -hmm. There's obviously the schooling benefits and I mean just we have just crazy benefits that are super awesome but also we get to travel a lot we get to learn new things we get to experience new things we get family we didn't know was here so 
yeah, there's tons of benefits. And so far you've gotten a bunch of college credits, right? Yes. Do you know how many? I have 27 college credits. That were all gained through the military. Well, a few of them were gained while I was, after I graduated high school, before I went to basic training. Okay. But. Fair enough. Um, you think about who Erica Gregory is today, and you've had all these great experiences. You have a full-time job out here. Yes. How did you go from just joining the Guard where you thought it's going to be one weekend a month and a few weeks out of the year and maybe a deployment here and there to saying, I think I want to work out here full time. Why is this a place that you would want to work full time? And how did you get a full time job? Well, when I went to basic training, I for sure thought I just want to do my one weekend a month and and move on with my life. But I discovered that the military was something I wanted to do full time because I want to lead other people and help inspire other people. And it's harder to do that if you're only out here one weekend a month. Sure. Still possible, but hard, right? Definitely possible. Did you have a, a different job when you joined the, the Guard, or were you just, this was your only thing and you were going to not work anywhere until you left for basic training? I was a CNA at a nursing home, All right, so certified so. nurse's assistant. Thank you. That, that was an important time doing important work at a difficult time, right? Yeah. Yeah. How was that, and how did that prepare you for military life? It was hard. It was stressful. I think that's one of the things that I I gained from it was being able to deal under high-stress environments because basic training is a stressful environment. And when I went, I kind of had that mindset of, okay, this is stressful, but we have to focus on our goal and what, we're get, what we need to get done. So, yeah, it was hard, but I, I learned a lot about myself and what I'm capable of. Learning about yourself and uh, growing as an individual, you've been with us for such a short time and you've already seen a bunch and worked with some really great people, work with some really great people here, Yeah. and you do important work. What do you see your life like out here in the next three years? In the next three years, hopefully I'm in sort of the same position I'm in. I'm in a, I'm in a very good spot for somebody my age and rank. but. Um, Hopefully I put on rank by then, that's my goal. And I don't know, I wanna inspire other people and sit on all the councils I possibly can and yeah. You talked about leading other people and you had a, a young person at the age of 20 already leading human beings and having that um, a passion for making other people's lives better. And coming with a sense of empathy is uh, that's an important piece in your goal setting. It is, yeah. yes. Um, how are you going to pass that on to other folks? How do you develop empathy in airmen that you're going to be leading? That's a hard one. Yeah. I think developing empathy is something that can be tricky for some people because it, it means you have to be vulnerable with other people. You have to be able to understand them and break down walls between yourselves. So I think helping people be comfortable with each other will help build empathy. You have a great way of putting that. Um, what's been the hardest uh, thing looking forward? What, what big challenge do you think is going to be facing you? I think public speaking will be a challenge for me. I get very nervous about speaking in front of a lot of people 
but if you want to help develop people and lead people, it's something that's necessary. So that's a challenge I see. And uh, final question here, Erica. Are you, uh, are you proud of where you've come so far? And what are you the most proud of in yourself? I am really proud. I, uh, I don't know, I've created a life for myself I didn't know I could have. Mm -hmm. And I have people who support me that I didn't know they would ever do that for me. Erica, thanks for joining me on Beneath the Wing. You're welcome, this thanks for been, having me. Absolutely, you've been listening to Beneath the Wing uh, with the 133rd Airlift Wing. Erica Gregory just shared her first year story. I hope you join us for our next one. As always, thanks for joining me on Beneath the Wing, where those connected with the 133rd Airlift Wing, Minnesota Air National Guard, share their stories of strength and success. We will be releasing a new first-year story each Tuesday and Thursday throughout the month of February, March, and April. If you think you are someone whose story could be a part of our Wings family here in Minnesota and are seeking direction for your next step in life, or you know someone who is, please explore our opportunities at 133aw.ang.af.mil and share these podcasts. If you're outside our local area but are still interested in serving in the Air National Guard in your state or territory, goang.com will get you started. That's goang.com. As always, I'd like to thank our public affairs section, especially Amy Lovegren, for her post-production and release work. I've been your host, Wing Command Chief Master Sergeant Mark Lightbold.